However, a crowd gathered and set about D'Artagnan with a shower of blows severely disabling him. He was carried to the hostel kitchen to recover. As for the unknown gentleman, he resumed his place at the window and surveyed the crowd with impatience, calling the landlord to him. "'What has become of our young man?' he asked. Uh, "'Well, good sir, he has fainted, but, but first he struck his pocket and said, "'We shall see what Monsieur de Treville has to say about this insult offered to his protégé.' <laughs> "'Monsieur de Treville, the unknown was suddenly attentive. "'De Treville, captain of the musketeers, the devil! "'Can de Treville have sent this Gascon on me?' Some time later, D'Artagnan, half stupefied, without his doublet and his head bound with a linen cloth, took some air. In time to see his antagonist talking calmly with a young milady seated in a heavy carriage drawn by two large Norman horses. She was pale and fair, with long curls falling in profusion over her shoulders, large blue languishing eyes, rosy lips and hands of alabaster. To our young provincial, Milady was a rare beauty. She was talking with great animation. His eminence, then, orders me, she began, the unknown interrupted her, to return instantly to England and to inform him as soon as the Duke leaves London. I, meanwhile, shall return to Paris. The two departed post-haste in opposite directions. On the following morning, D'Artagnan arose at five o'clock. To his fury, he found nothing in his pocket but his little old velvet purse with the eleven crowns it contained. The letter to Monsieur de Treville had disappeared. He soon established that the mysterious stranger had visited the kitchen where he had lain unconscious. "'That's my thief!' exclaimed D'Artagnan. He then paid the host and remounted his yellow horse, which bore him without any further accident to the Porte Saint-Antoine at Paris, where his owner sold him for three crowns. Thus, D'Artagnan entered Paris on foot and walked about until he found an apartment suited to the scantiness of his means, a sort of garret situated in the Rue des Fossoyeurs near the Luxembourg. Having discovered to his pleasure that Monsieur de Treville's house was in the same quarter in the Rue du Vieux Colombier, he retired to bed full of hope for the future and slept the sleep of the brave. Monsieur de Treville, like his father before him, was the loyalist and bravest of companions to Louis Thirteenth, who rewarded him with the appointment of captain of his musketeers, a regiment fanatical in its devotion to the king. On his part, the jealous Cardinal Richelieu, seeing the select and formidable body with which Louis surrounded himself, formed his own guard. The rivalry between the two corps, as between the two men, was tremendous. The king's musketeers, under the much-admired Captain de Treville, spread themselves about in the cabaret, in the public walks and the public sports, twisting their moustache, clanking their swords, and taking great pleasure in provoking the cardinal's guards to squabbles. The court of de Treville's grand mansion in the Rue du Vieux Colombier resembled a military camp from six o'clock in the summer and eight o'clock in the winter. From fifty to sixty musketeers paraded constantly in rotation, armed to the teeth and ready for anything. On the day when D'Artagnan presented himself, the assemblage was especially imposing, particularly for a Gascon just arrived from the country. 
He passed through the massive door and threaded his way between guardsmen dueling in play on the stairway, their awesome skill making the young man's heart beat in admiration. He climbed the great stairs. On the landing they were no longer fighting, but amused themselves with stories about women, and in the antechamber with stories about the court. On the landing the young man blushed. In the antechamber he trembled. Eventually he gave his name to a courtier and asked an audience with Monsieur de Treville. As he waited, he had leisure to study costumes and physiognomy. The centre of the most animated group was a musketeer of great height and haughty countenance, dressed in peculiar costume, a cerulean blue doublet, a little faded and worn, and over this a magnificent baldric worked in gold, which shone like water ripples in the sun, and from which was suspended a gigantic rapier. Ha ha, Porthos! cried one of his companions. Don't try to make us believe you obtained that baldric by paternal generosity. It was given to you by that veiled lady I met you with the other Sunday near the Porte Saint-Honoré.